Welcome to the North Idaho Archery Podcast, the crossroads of archery and adventure. I'm John, and I'm here with my buddies, Austin and Jake. We own and operate North Idaho Archery Pro Shop in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Join us for the discussion on all things archery, the great outdoors, and unique tales from our past adventures. As veterans and archery nerds, we're here to immerse you in the world of bows, arrows, and techniques. Whether you're a seasoned archer or just starting out, we're your go-to source for archery insights, stories, and camaraderie. It's not just about hitting the target, it's about perfecting the shot. This is the North Idaho Archery Podcast, where the thrill of the bullseye meets the precision of the bowstring. Let's live life at full draw. And we're recording. All right, welcome everybody uh, again. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, today is a good day. We have our friend Wilson McSwain joining us in the podcast room along with Jake and John. Uh, Wilson is a good friend of ours. Uh, since we've uh, come out here and got the shop open, he's been a, an awesome part of just trying to be involved. And uh, he's got some experience from uh, back in Pennsylvania working at a shop and uh, was helping us out, answering questions for us. And as we were getting going, and we just kind of built a friendship with this man. Best friends. Best friends. You've probably seen him in the shop. He's uh, he's stepped in and worked for us a few days while we were gone or helped me out while uh, John and Austin were gone. So, yeah. Yeah, Wilson just moved out here from what I would consider the East Coast. These guys keep calling it the Midwest. Uh, <laughs> it I is mean, the Pennsylvania is the Midwest. Yes. No, it's not. Is That's, it not? Is that not? What is it called? It's the East Coast. How many states yeah. are between are Pennsylvania the and the coast? One. Oh. Okay, See? yeah, that's the East Coast. <laughs> All right. So it's not even close to the Midwest. Jake <laughs> no, wins again. I, I mean, Ohio touches Pennsylvania, but it's like six hours from where I lived to Ohio. Yeah, so he came from enough. the East Coast. So yeah. so Wilson moved back out here. You originally actually grew up in the Pacific Northwest, that's correct? Yeah. In yep. uh Washington? Yeah. Tell us about that. So did you do a lot of hunting and fishing in Washington before you moved out to the East Coast? We did a lot of fishing growing up. My dad did not hunt. My dad was in law enforcement, and so guns were for work only. Mm, sure. Um, the idea of my dad going into the woods to shoot something is pretty wild until I can <laughs> think about it. I took him on a goose hunt once, and he was like, I mean, it was an awesome goose hunt. Limited out. It was a beautiful day. He was like, yeah, that was cool. Did he have to, did he yell stop resisting before he shot? <laughs> uh, he was like, let me see your papers. <laughs> and, uh, uh, my mom has actually killed a few deer, came out to Pennsylvania and shot a few does. And my dad, every time he just wasn't super nice. So, but he liked fishing. My grandpa was a big fisherman and I always wanted to hunt. And I got married, moved back to Washington and my father-in-law bought me a 12 gauge shotgun, but it was a, combo the mossberg combo so you could mm. take the barrel off mm, and put the yeah. deer slug barrel on yeah. with the cantilever rail so you could put a scope on it solid and uh, i was like what can i kill with this shotgun <laughs> so then i i didn't have anybody any friends in washington that hunted and so i took hunter safety found a friend to do it with me took hunter safety a couple weekends later went out um for duck season i didn't know you needed waders or decoys <laughs> Or anything so i'm standing in the water in like boots and pants i just figured that's what you did <laughs> just got wet and cold and <laughs> just, right miserable. Mindset, man. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, just got uh, miserable yeah this gadwall flew in and i shot it 
I don't know, maybe 12 times. Because <laughs> I hit it and it was on the water and I just kept like, bam, bam, bam on the water and it wouldn't die. <laughs> and then we had to go get it, but we couldn't reach it because we were in waders. So we started shooting the water to like get waves to push it to the other side. Uh, it was really embarrassing. Um, that sounds embarrassing. Got the duck, best day of my life. And uh, brought it home and my family was like, well, now what are you, what are you going to do with it now? I was like, I guess we're going to eat it. <laughs> and I was like, it was gross. <laughs> I just baked it in the oven. Oh, no. <laughs> and uh, my, we ate it. And uh, I was like, I don't know if I want to do that again. <laughs> and then uh, started making jerky out of ducks and geese. And mm. then it was a lot better. Oh, yeah, for sure. So did you kill any deer in Washington before you moved? Nope. Only no. thing I've killed in Washington are ducks, turkey, and I, a coyote. Okay, so your interest in hunting started in Washington. Yeah, started when I was super little. I wanted to elk hunt when I was little because okay. I saw some video of this bull coming in and bugling, and this guy shoot, shot it with his bow, and I was like, that's super cool. And then he ate it, and I was like, that's super cool. And uh, So similar to our last guest, you didn't grow up in a hunting family then? No. Well, I just found out my mom, uh, my great-grandpa, big-time hunter, she just found this article at a family reunion and he shot a bear in the in downtown like in their city in 1955 and there's a newspaper article that she just texted me with my great uncle my great grandpa and their buddy with this jeep and this big black bear over the hood of the jeep um in downtown so it's pretty oh dude that's freaking yeah it's like your classic (laughs) oh that's so cool like downtown seattle no uh duval so it's like north of seattle (laughs) okay sweet there was like maybe 100 people that lived in that town yeah what was this bear doing in town just looking for garbage no idea (laughs) they're just like that's a bear and i'm gonna shoot it yeah nice so uh yeah my my grandpa duck hunted i found out after he passed away so like i have a lot of hunters in my family sure it just my dad didn't do it nothing immediate no sure there was no lineage there to to keep you going and and really instill all all the yeah necessities that needed to and to, to be, be honest, successful. Washington's gotten a lot better, but back then it was not easy to get into hunting. Like mm. if you wanted to hunt, it was super it's, difficult. It's super yeah. difficult now. It's difficult now, but they have a lot of they have more programs now. They have the mentored hunting program. Oh, sure, I think yeah. like a lot of states are adopting this like. Mm. It's, so it's easier to get into, right? Yeah. Instead of like, here's a bunch of money. Well, because as much as they tell us, right, like, the, or, or as much as we think there's like so many hunters out there, it's it's dying, you know, like, and we have to try and keep it going. And that's why like these mentorship programs are so good because the, the youth of today is not, I mean, I, I wouldn't say they're like getting out there providing, you know, or no. yeah, there are some, but like a very small portion of that is, is that has that mindset and, yeah. and, and it probably comes from a family lineage kind of thing. Right. Yep. Whereas like our generation, I mean, like looking around, we all kind of have the same backstory. Like I didn't grow up in a huge hunting family. Um, like my grandpa was a big hunter. Um, and I did like some grouse hunting and stuff with him, but like deer hunting for me growing up, was uh you know like putting some hay bales up on the side of the field and then just like sitting there with my dad just i just figured for everyone in the midwest was born with like a pump action 30 out six out the womb and they're no. just <laughs> doing deer drives no. <laughs> well that's the thing i missed i didn't do my first deer drive until i was like in late in my high school years and so fun it's way behind the ball 
Dude, yeah, we gotta wait, take you. We gotta take you to the Midwest and do a deer drive. Uh, I can't wait to go out there. <laughs> yeah, you'll get a lot of haters. Dude. People will be like, because there's a lot of people that don't like deer drives. I don't like deer drives. Oh, I don't, I I'm not saying stupid. I want to do a deer drive. I just want to go to the Midwest and not like yeah. those. That's all. That's you think all it's stupid? I think it is. Yeah, when I worked in Wisconsin, dude, I remember I was working uh, opening day out there, and I was down in Wascott, and dude, oh, I'm God. not kidding you. That road was lined up for a mile. Well, Midwest does deer drives I'm not, different. No, I'm not, it's, I'm, yeah, that's I'm not kidding you. It was about a mile. And it was probably every, like, what would you say, like 50 yards, yeah, 100 yeah. were spaced out. And then you go down, you drive probably a mile down the other road, and you got the blockers down there. Oh, yeah. Dude, it's crazy, man. But and guess what? A guy got shot in that drive. Oh, yeah. imagine that! Well, yeah, yeah. He, did, he did get shot. In there's there. no fe- there's no fields of fire down there. Like they don't yeah. they don't they, they're just like oh my god. So but, my deer drives are a little bit different, and I think more guys can probably relate, especially from around here. Just know, driving like, on the road? No, 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 no. Well, yeah, a lot of that. No, like in high school, we were hunting like the edge of a canyon. We'd find a giant rock and roll it down the canyon <laughs> if we hadn't seen any deer right and of yes, course it made just awesome. like so much noise it's snapping off trees and just smoking everything in his path and then all the deer would run up the side of the hill on the canyon like all right shoot that one when it worked that's it didn't cool. work. i love that it was a lot of fun not only is it satisfying to roll a giant boulder into a canyon but then to shoot a deer. but then to shoot a deer out yeah. there would be so cool but i no. knew a guy who said he did that and he said the the buck ran out of there so fast that it wedged its head into a tree and he missed it five times and he was out of bullets and the deer was still stuck in the tree <laughs> so what? he was like trying to go get more bullets and come back and by that time it had unlodged itself and it was gone oh but, my god and, and like, that's brutal to, like the deer drives you're talking about john yeah i don't i don't like that but like you've seen like have you watched the hunting public guys do there it's just like a few guys and then sure. you've got the two guys on the right. end and you're just pushing a little patch sure. and it was just a few guys right. then it's fun and there's smart ways to do it too yeah. which people will laugh and be like there's no smart way to do a deer drive well if you deer hunt and whitetail hunt you can figure out like maybe they're escape routes okay mm-hmm. they're gonna squeeze out this way and then you can wind bump them from one side. So you don't, you're not going in there and be like, hey, deer, get, get, go get a shot. <laughs> where it's like <laughs> you just bump them enough to where they're going to get up and Hit move. Hit that escape road. And then, and then, just then someone's like, squirter, pow, pow, pow. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think Wilson has the best deer drive story I've ever heard in my life. And I was hoping we would get to this story. And I feel like this is a fantastic uh, segue. I have a better. It, I, are you talking I, don't, about? I don't know. This is pretty good. The, so, the tree farm deer drive slaughter is <laughs> i have a i have a, another one i'll tell you okay. we uh helped put on a mentored hunting program in pennsylvania and there is a wildlife refuge in pennsylvania right next to the airport in philadelphia a couple hundred acres there's walking trails people can walk and look at the deer and the squirrels and all the nature the stuff squirrels. right <laughs> you know well there's so many deer in there that took a couple years but fishing game got it approved to go kill deer in the city in this wildlife refuge or preserve sorry and i think it was theodore roosevelt preserved that or some some super famous guy yeah (laughs) and it was the first wildlife preserve in america cool and you can see the airport and the city it's like right downtown and i helped put it on and we took new hunters in there we set up blinds took them in there they did a three-day course and then they were allowed to shoot a deer in this preserve so we go in there and there's protesters all you they couldn't come in but they were all surrounding it like don't kill our deer and all this stuff 
well, some of the protesters got in through the one side. And I'm sitting there with this guy, and he's like, I said, what do you do for fun? You know, we're trying to kill time. He's like, I play video games. I said, what do you want to do with your life? He's like 18. He's like, I'm going to stream video games. Like this, maybe the first time this guy's ever seen Sun. <laughs> it was wild. Great guy. <laughs> and he, he wasn't even sure if he wanted to kill a deer. He was just like, I just signed up and got chosen, so I guess I'm here to shoot a deer. <laughs> well, all these protesters get in with their pots and pans and air horns and whatnot, and they start walking through the preserve. Oh, yes. <laughs> and they drove all the deer right to us. <laughs> There was probably 19 or 20 people out that day, and we all killed deer because they just pushed the deer all around the park. Damn. And kill it. Bam. Thank you. <laughs> it was it was awesome. Wow. How about the irony in awesome. that? that is, I know. Yeah. That is hilarious. So, what the yes. protesters do? What the protesters do? Yeah. Well, the funny thing is we had the fishing game truck had to pull in the park. You couldn't drive a truck in there, so you'd have to we put the deer on a sled and then pull them out. So we're just bringing deer out to this parking lot left and right <laughs> on sleds and loading them up in the truck. It was, uh, I felt bad because people were crying. I mean, it's mm. not what you want. Right. But they didn't it, handle it an, very well. Yeah. We profited an, from it. It's a necessary sure. evil. Did yeah. any, any toads get taken out of there? Uh, a one girl shot probably mid like 160s. No. And she wounded it. No. And there's a little river and they think it swam across the river or drowned or like died in the water. Oh, no, dang. So they got on video and everything, and it was what we call a twelve point. Yeah, I don't know what you guys call like it here. 12, we just wait, had this six discussion. by six then? Yeah, six okay, point yeah. six. By we six. just had this discussion on the yeah. last podcast with Reno. Yeah, so, <laughs> Jake's over here just festering. Like, yeah, it was a twelve point. It had twelve points. Yeah, so six by six. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Okay, so nice, nice cool, cool. Yeah, super nice. Uh, another drive story um, is we had depredation uh, tags from the city in Pennsylvania, they would if you had too many deer and they were ruining your agriculture or whatnot, they would allot you tags. Sure. And it was a fenced in nursery. Yeah. With a deer fence. (laughs) But somehow these deer would just get in and wreak havoc. And it's in a neighborhood. So like there's houses all along the fence. And so he would shut the nursery down and we'd go in there with archery equipment and kill deer it's like they could get in but they couldn't figure out how to get out no like a crab trap yeah so he'd be like there's 18 deer in here please kill all 18 so we'd have the tags you sign up everything everything's legit and we'd send guys out to each corner of the square and then guys would just walk around and deer would kind of turn into racehorses and go on the edge of the trees (laughs) and run the fence (laughs) so they'd come by and you'd shoot a couple and then they'd come by again you shoot some more (laughs) And these two deer come by, and I shoot one and reload and whack the other one. And they they run. I mean, I shot them like 10 feet away. And I look up, and there's this lady in her bathrobe drinking coffee on her porch. Oh, my God. And she's just holding her cup with her mouth just like on the floor like, what did I just see? <laughs> and two of the guys we had us with, with us were local township police officers because we try to get some of the other community oh, involved, yeah. you know? She's like, I'm calling the cops. I'm like, we are the cops. <laughs> oh, right here. It was she. It was not. She was screaming and yelling at me. And oh man, it's hard because Pennsylvania has most hunters per square mile in the country. Sure, it's yeah. the most over. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the most hunted, populated state yeah. in our country. But yet, you're so close to the city of Philadelphia <laughs> that you still have a lot of people who are just like, you hunt? What? In the, why would you do that? Didn't you just quote the number of archery hunters in yeah, Pennsylvania? Yeah, so Pennsylvania was number one. 
I want to say it was Jesus. like 380 some thousand like registered. Because that includes crossbows. That includes, okay. Well, yeah, then, right. cross rifles. I suppose because yeah, you don't Wisconsin need. Wisconsin was number like two and they, they can have yeah. crossbows as well. Yeah, you yeah. don't need a special, anybody can use a crossbow in right. Pennsylvania. That's yeah. the same, same in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And they just changed it in Minnesota too now. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. just, this, followed suit. just this oh, last you can? year. Yep. Really? Yep. It's only a matter of time before <laughs> every know. state follows suit in that. But the trouble with it is, is like, I don't know. And like, I, we can get on the crossbow debate here, but like, I, I, they have a place, right? Like, I get it. I think they're a great tool for the people that want to archery hunt, but cannot, can't do it, you know, right. with a compound bow. Yeah. But they still enjoy the sport of archery hunting. The, the thing I dislike about it is the people that are like, oh, I just get a longer season now. Like in Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> they'd just be like, oh, I'm just going to hunt with a crossbow during archery season so yeah. I can get out earlier. Right. And then, you know, they're killing these giants, but they're shooting them at, like, 90 yards with this crossbow. And I'm just like, eh. mm-hmm. I mean, like, where where are we going here? Now you're like, it's a modern weapon oh, at that dude, point. I can you know? be successful yep. every single well, year if I had a crossbow. What's it like, feet per, average feet per second with a crossbow? Like, 400, wow. usually. Yeah, the new... 450, like, I think some ravens, ravens are, are like, dude, 520. Yeah. Yeah. When I was at Bowfest back mm-hmm. in uh, Wisconsin, you and I were there shooting, mm-hmm. and... Uh, they had Raven is out of Superior, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and uh, they had this their brand new bow of the year. And the guys like, hey, you want to shoot this thing? I'm like, sure. Well, target was at 200 yards, and they had a li- <laughs> they, yeah, they had a live stream video to see where your arrow, your bolt hit, I should say. Yeah, and yeah, dude, that thing just center. You just pull a trigger 200 yards, mm-hmm. and hold it right there in the center. Yeah, it's like, damn, dude. It's like, I mean, and like, I get it too for like for like youth. To get some youth out oh, yeah. in the archery season, it's great. I think crossbows are phenomenal for that. Yeah. To get a youth out there to kill a deer with a with a, a bolt in a, in a broadhead, but Pennsylvania, that's pretty common. Like you start hunting at ten, I think it is, mm-hmm. or even earlier. I can't remember, but crossbows like that's how you get yeah. kids into hunting because oh, yeah. you can set the crossbow up. You put it in a tripod thing, yeah. and it's not loud. Deer. It, yeah, it's not loud. It's not like this big scary gun kind sure. of yeah. thing. Like. And you can get them out there earlier, so I, yeah. I totally stand behind that. I think that is a, f- a great use of that tool. But what kills me is like these guys that are just killing giants, and you're like, oh, that's a freaking nice deer, like down in you know um, Buffalo County, Wisconsin, oh, or Trebolo uh, County, and you're just like, oh, well, you killed it with a crossbow. And you're just like, it kind of takes a, it, it, yeah. I mean, Tradbow hunters yeah. said the same thing about compounds. Oh, right. for sure. So yeah. it's like, no matter what yeah, you, it's a yeah. Hole. yeah, yeah, it's a like hole. 30 out six guys say the same thing about 300 windmate guys, right? You know, it's oh, like, right. Mm. right. So, but it also gets more people out. And so before we buying tags and piss off all the masses so. on what's good and what's not, uh, <laughs> I just want to back up a little bit. I've killed some deer with a crossbow and it's super fun. Yeah, I'm sure. I bet I'm it sure is. it's yeah. fantastic. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it's a sure it's a good time. But I'll but. choose my compound over the crossbow any, right. any day. Right. It was always like if I was changing strings or if I was waiting on new limbs and I was like, I need to go out and shoot a doe. Yeah. Well, it's the legal method to take, right? Like, yeah. It was legal to do it, so okay. If do they it. said you could use a rocket launcher <laughs> to kill deer. Okay, Matt Birdbach. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I might try it once. But yeah, you're, no, that's the thing, though, right? It's like, so it's there's different types of hunters, right? And so, yeah. like myself, like I could go out with a 300 wind mag and go hunt deer, but I don't do it. Right? I I limit myself yeah, to archery so equipment. Easy. Well, it's it's not that it's <laughs> so easy. It's you know I've I've harvested a lot of whitetails in my lifetime, and so honestly, I think each guy's got to ask himself, you know, what is he okay with. And 
whatever is a legal harvest if you're doing it legally and not taking away from me because I'm, I'm also doing it legally, right? You're not shooting it at night. You're not doing things you're not supposed to do. I'm okay with it, right? It's I. There's going to be arguments all day long for for why crossbows or why this or why that, and so mm-hmm. I think that's a rabbit hole that we would we could spend four or five oh, hours yeah. on, and like, the next guy's yeah. going to have a different opinion. Like Jared opinion, Allen and his spears, you know. Remember Jared yeah. Allen from the Vikings used his spear. Was so, that on an elk? Yeah, I think he did kill an elk yeah, well, from a got, tree yeah. from a tree stand. Yeah. You got the slock master who's killing bears with bow oh, darts. Dude. Yeah. yeah, and you people are killing deer with air guns now. Yeah, oh like, yeah, like, fifty caliber like, air guns. Everything's changing. Yeah, the world's changing. You just have to kind of grow with it. So well, it's because felons can own air guns. My buddy just killed. Uh, <laughs> well, okay, fair uh, enough. Night his a really nice public land deer yesterday with a trad bow, and I was so inspired. Oh, dude, I saw the picture you posted. Yeah, that was a sweet picture. Yeah, he was that Wade James. He's um, does his wife and him do videography and wedding stuff, but then okay. he does a lot of media for the outdoor industry and he killed a, uh, a, a, a stud deer. That was a public nice land, deer. Pennsylvania oh. with, with a trap bow. That's so sick. sick. So backing up a little bit, you moved out to Pennsylvania at what age? Uh, I don't, I can't twenties. Yeah. 21, 21. but I you- killed a deer before that. You did? Yes, because I got I had my deer slug shotgun combo thing okay. and uh, went out to visit for Christmas time. And my father was like, bring your shotgun. If you've shot a three-and-a-half-inch slug out of a shotgun, that sucks. It hurts. No. It is not fun. She kicks. So I brought my gun for Christmas time. I was all amped up, flew with a gun. That was a little stressful the first time. Sure. Go to my buddy's farm, climb up in this heated uh, blind like bo- big box blind big box box blind oh, dude there's three of us in there we're chilling these deer come out of the corn and I was like there's like 40 deer in front of me and I could only shoot a doe because you can shoot a buck with a bow but it was only does I was like oh, okay he goes which one do you want to shoot <laughs> I'm like this is so easy <laughs> and you just line up on this doe boom she drops my shoulders like dislocated, it's just like hanging out. <laughs> I'm like falling over backwards. I was like, "What in the heck?" Uh, we we get the deer, we eat the deer. It was super. They also own a deer butcher. They're deer butchers. They do three thousand plus deer a year. Mm-hmm. So we butcher the deer up right there. It was the coolest experience ever. Go out two days later, shoot another doe, and I was like, "This is awesome." Because we ate the steaks that night, and I was oh, like, yeah. mm. "This is amazing." No, I love that. But I was like, I don't want to use a gun. And so I got back, flew home to Washington and was instantly like, what other ways are there to hunt? And then I was like, oh, archery. We went to Cabela's. I bought like this diamond edge something. Sure. I don't even think diamond edge was out at that time. And uh, started shooting in the backyard. Draw length was 25 inches. And I, it just felt this is, nobody told me anything different. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, just was pounding X's with this. $150 bow and I was like I'm an archer <laughs> um, and then it was like nine months later I moved to Pennsylvania mm-hmm. and uh, that first season I hunted um, guy was like why aren't you hunting I was like well gun season starts in November or whatever he goes well you got a bow I was like oh my goodness you can hunt deer with a bow in September oh yeah I was like that's super cool so I went out there and I shot this little button buck like straight down with this 25 inch draw bow and it was probably going like a hundred feet per second. And I think the arrow more like just fell out of the bow 
<laughs> like <laughs> just had enough went terminal in, velocity. Yeah, <laughs> through the through the back strap and like into the top of the lung, and uh, I just see the arrow sticking straight up with its luminoc just like running across the field, <laughs> and it just kept running and running and running, disappears over the hill. I call everybody I know. Like I'm going through my contacts, like group call, group call, group call. Like I call like 57 million people. I killed a deer with a bow. Seven hours later, we find this deer, no blood, because like there was no exit hole. Right, right. So like for blood to come out of the top <laughs> of the back, top of it. <laughs> not really gonna happen. And this deer was maybe like 57 pounds. I don't oh, know. Yeah, dude. Nice first boat deer with a bow. I was pumped. Oh heck yeah! The mm. next day, I went and bought a Matthews. <laughs> Nice, nice. Yeah. And, uh, okay, I need something better. It instantly was like, I realized how easy it would be to wound a deer with a bow mm-hmm. over a gun. And, uh, again, my father in law was big into archery, but he was still shooting this Martin from like 30 years ago. Yeah. Super old bow. But he's killed, he's killed a couple 140s and a couple 130s just by happens chance, you know, like yeah. goes out and shoots a nice buck. Right place, right time. So, so kind of is yeah. he your kind of mentor to really diving into deer in Pennsylvania? Yeah, yeah. So he got me into the idea of deer hunting. Okay. Because Pennsylvania, if you go sit somewhere, you're gonna shoot a deer. Like if you if the wind's right, you're gonna you're gonna kill it. You can kill whatever type of deer you want. You may not kill a giant. Even with that many hunters. Yeah. Really? Just okay. the population there is just public land, not so much. There's not a ton of public land right where I was at. There's a lot of public land but where i was at accessible not a lot but you could knock on doors and and get permission and so that year really was the switch of like i want to figure out how to kill deer ethically because i didn't really want to use a gun because i just didn't enjoy it like i didn't enjoy the Mm -hmm. the the violence of it yeah the violence or just the chaoticness of it yeah boom and the deers every all the deer running and all this stuff like i just enjoyed the peacefulness of the of the bow sure and so i was like okay i need to get a bow that fits me that shoots faster than this slingshot i have and uh um my father-in-law wasn't big into like details he's big into like hunting but he wasn't big into anything else. You know, he used the same Montech G5 for like seven years, mm. sharpens them. They're tiny, like. <laughs> Just whittled away. There may be 60 grains. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but he still uses them. Sights so every year, like, I bought him some, I buy him new broadheads for Christmas now. Nice. <laughs> so, because now I'm like, you got to get rid of these. But uh, that's just the kind of guy he is. Sure. Um, shoot a deer, one or two deer here. And um, so I went and bought that Matthews No Cam. Sweet, it's yeah. a great bow, dude. It was like, it was all. I love that bow, and I my father in law still has that bow because I upgraded him from his Martin. But sure. um, yeah, that he got me into hunting, and then my the gentleman AJ who owns the archery shop there, he was like my real archery mentor. You know about he turned me into archery geek. Um, Shout out to. Bill, what is it? Bill and AJ's? Bob and AJ's. Bob and AJ's. Yeah, Archery World. Right on. Yeah, still a great shop. Two-car garage. They're crushing it. They're in top archery shops in the nation for Matthews for a long time. And now they're selling. They still sell Matthews, but they're doing a lot of other bow brands as well now. So, cool. But yeah, he's a, he got me into like the geekiness of yeah. archery. Nerd now. You know? Yeah. And then I just... It was all downhill from there. Yeah. So <laughs> into I, the uh, rabbit hole. You so went. before we get into like your progression as an archery hunter, 
in to your knowledge, how many deer do you think you've killed in your lifetime? Because I I know the numbers far more, and I consider myself. You asking a white this man hunter. his body count on, yeah. Yeah. on a podcast? Jesus, <laughs> we talking body counts? Like, <laughs> I have a a little moleskin notebook mm-hmm. that I have written down every kill I've ever had. Um, temperature, wind. Wow. all the stuff in it so for everything and then even for people like i've taken it's this big notebook i haven't gone back and counted but there was a few years in a row where we were killing 15 to 20 plus deer a year oh my gosh so upwards of 100 or more maybe yeah i know i'd have to go and look because you were I know, killing 15 a year yeah with a bow in pennsylvania mm-hmm. there's no limit no Oh, well, when they, so as they have of the, last year, they changed it where you can only hold, I'm going to get this wrong, but it's either three or six tags at a time. So if you buy six tags, you can then go buy another one. Like if you shoot a deer, yeah. because, which I'm happy they did because I would go in and buy 25 tags. Are those all doe tags? Yeah. You oh, can gotcha. shoot one antler deer and then an unlimited antler list. Oh, okay. Each county has a limit. So like. Sure. Our counties, you know, we're talking maybe 175,000 tags available. Holy and they have a good cow. system. So you can get one. So everybody for sure gets one. Yeah. Then you mail in and get, you can get up to three. And then the, the next one was unlimited. So we'd mail in and get, our, get one for our area, mail in and get three more for the area, and then go back for the unlimited and buy like all of as them. many as you can buy. And there were $6 and 48 cents. And then wow. I remember they went up to like six seventy six, and everyone's freaking out. I was like, <laughs> Oh no, it's so expensive. Oh my gosh. Wow. So I think it was last year they changed it Wow. to like, you can either only hold three. I think it's six that you can only hold six at a time. Um, but then they sold out way faster. So sure. It gave more people the opportunity to buy tags god that is just crazy to think about like because i think about like minnesota and wisconsin Mm -hmm. right like up in douglas right it was a lottery for a doe tag Mm -hmm. everyone got a buck the nice thing about wisconsin is you could kill two bucks a year so you could buy your archery license and kill Argue that's a bad thing but go on well uh, right but like you could go out buy your archery tag hunt kill a deer with your bow and then you can buy your rifle tag, mm-hmm. but you can kill another one with you because you could use your bow during rifle season if you wanted. So you could, I mean, you could kill two bucks a year if you wanted, but it was a lottery to get a doe tag. Yeah. But, New Jersey, then, one state over, you had to earn a, bro- earn a buck. Earn a buck, sure. Yeah. So if you wanted to shoot a buck early season, you have to shoot a doe. See, and I wish, I don't know what, I guess I don't, I'm not in tune with all the details of the management in like Minnesota, but it, or in Douglas. Or northern Wisconsin, I felt like there was freaking does everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah, that's, that's super interesting to me. Like, growing out here, right? Like, you don't see high deer numbers out here like that. And, and around like ag fields, you can get higher doe densities, but like, it's it's very hard for me as a as a Pacific Northwest guy to imagine just like unlimited, like just go kill as many sure. as you want. I, I, I want to experience it, right? I want to go out there and see what it's about. I want to see so, why they're able to manage them like that. On top of that, you have the red tag program. Okay. So farmers can sign up for the red tag program. It, it's a little interesting because it opens you up to the general public. Because if you say, Jake, you own a farm mm-hmm. and you sign up for the red tag program, they come out, they see that you have a certain amount of acres and the deer are doing a certain amount of damage. They will give you a certain amount of tags per acre. But by doing that, you come on a public list. 
So I could come and knock on your door and say, hey, I'm here to shoot a doe and or an antlerless deer because in the summer, <laughs> yeah, not a lot of <laughs> sure. racks on deer. But um, And then they would genuinely have to let you. And I don't know the finite details of it, but I had a couple farms that all had red tags. And so my goal one year was to shoot a deer every month of the year. I think I did it two years in a row. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. But I stopped because... I mean, it was real management because these deer were doing big sure. damage. Yeah, absolutely. Field. Damage, sure. But the first time I shot a doe, that was like late term. Mm, yeah. It ruined me. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I just didn't like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's achieving their goal of eliminating deer. You didn't like veal? I <laughs> so gross. Oh, gross, dude. Um, a little too much. to edit that out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just didn't. I was uncomfortable with it. Like, it just yeah. didn't. Yeah, no, I could great. I could understand that for sure. And it's also weird because you get the cops calling me all the time because mm. I come walking out of a field dragging a deer in like June. Yeah, and someone's like, <laughs> oh, so yeah. how? Yeah, and, I can uh, see that. How does the city? How did the city hunt work in Duluth? Did you ever partake in that? Uh, no. So, but when I was at custom archery, we because you'd have to qualify, yeah. or like shoot a, a qualifying score. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm trying to. Th- That's why you right never did it. You can qualify. <laughs> no, I just never. <laughs> it, it's it's very. Um, it's so the Duluth City Hunt. You would you would put in for it, um, and then you had to go to a pro shop and shoot. Um, you had to make sure you. I think it was like six out of five out of six arrows in a, in like the nine ring, you know, at 20 yards. And, uh, once you pass that, then you got put in for the city hunt and then they assign you, you put in which zones you want. And then, but then at the end of the day, they just assign you a zone. I'm probably, I might be getting this all wrong, but, um, (laughs) this is just from what I can remember. Um, and then you get like a small zone in the city that you get to hunt. Um, and the, the more seniority you have doing sure. the city hunt, the more years you do it, the better chances you have to pick like oh, a more primo sure. area. But I mean, there's there's tanks, bro, hoes that get yeah. taken out of there every I mean, year. We yeah. have a there's some hunts in Pennsylvania where it's like there's state park hunts where you put in and you get drawn. Yeah, and guys always shoot one seventy plus deer. But I think we need to get on trying to do something like that around here. Yeah, I'd agree. And yeah, I, 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 I want to qualify though. A hard time, but with this, the deer numbers, because there's a lot of people. I don't want people to get their Twizzlers untwisted. <laughs> <laughs> nice, but um, because someone's gonna say like, why would you shoot that many deer? Yeah, sure. Yeah. No need to do that. Yeah, enlighten them. I raised, we raised our kids on wild game. Like the first time my kids had any meat besides like venison, turkey, goose, duck, um, was I think when my son was five years old like that was the first time he ever had any like i think he had chicken nuggets from mcdonald's or something and uh nice. he he was like this is the best thing ever <laughs> and you're like what <laughs> yeah so um you spit those out <laughs> yeah uh is so my family would eat probably seven we could go through about seven deer in a year wow that's awesome though i and, mean to be able to have that much where yep. it's not like i mean i don't mean to cut you off but like you know, I've got one muley in the fr- like we we sparingly ate my deer from last year. Yeah, you like, have to choose like special occasions when you want to eat it. Right? I hate that. I do too. I, I like, but I, I've never killed more than one deer in a year. Yeah, you so, know, like, and then and at sometimes our, I've killed zero. <laughs> at our <laughs> church, the church I went to, there were some guys at our church who were older and couldn't hunt anymore. Yeah, that's and awesome. So 
I was able to shoot a deer and then get them give meat. them that yeah, meat. That's awesome. And so zero of it went to waste. We yeah. always would donate like literally like 10% of our deer to the donators or the hunter share the harvest program. Mm-hmm. So we donate one or two deer a year to the hunter share the harvest and you'd have it get butchered and then they would donate to like a homeless shelter or whatnot. But yeah, none of that ever went to waste, which was really, for me, it was super cool. Can you imagine like the homeless population in like Spokane, if they had that, like oh, they'd no. be living like Kings, man, if they oh, could yeah. have venison at the homeless shelter, that'd oh, be yeah. great. All of our homeless shelters had venison. Cause there'd be, yeah. there's, I wasn't like that, but there's guys that they would shoot 25 deer a year and just donate it. Donate it. Yeah. Cause they just liked killing stuff. Pennsylvania, there's a lot of like, they just like to draw killing, blood. Killing deer. So in that environment, when there's so many people just killing deer, how did you set yourself as, apart from everyone else to be successful? I know you were chasing, you know, some trophy quality whitetails yeah. out there in an environment where there might not necessarily be a lot of trophy quality whitetails. So yeah. how are you setting yourself apart? How are you doing these things to get on these animals that other people weren't? Um, well, for the longest time I lived like in the central zone of where I hunted. Mm-hmm. And so going every time I left my house I was scouting, like you pull out the driveway and a hundred yards down the road is where I would hunt. And so you would be able to scout morning and evening on your way to work, on your way back to just see, um, deer and since we didn't have a lot of public land and the public land we did have in our area was pretty overpopulated. It was very, and like a couple of people have died there. Oh, good. Yeah. Because people have been accidentally shot. I don't know how you accidentally shoot someone. Just so our listeners are aware he's using quotation marks. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get (laughs) accidentally shot, but, um, it's possible to kill a a good deer on that public land. My buddy just shot a, a mature whitetail. Um, in Pennsylvania. Clint. Yeah, Clint. Yeah, he's got a, a nice um, deer. Yeah, shot a really nice deer in a place that I just, I scouted a lot. I just never hunted it because I just, I had better small track lands. So I would go to HOA meetings and like write up proposals for the HOA to say, can I hunt your um, easement property? Because there'd be like 50 acres behind these 100 homes mm. that had like a drainage ditch in it and a bunch of oak trees. And I'd have to get a certain percentage of all the HOA members to sign this thing so that I could go hunt their property. And, I mean, it accumulated to hundreds of acres of private land to hunt that anybody could do. Like, it's – you don't have to be special to do it. Like, anybody could have knocked on these doors and said, can I hunt there? Mm. But it just – people I don't know. People didn't really do it a lot. And so I would get permission, and then I would someone would be like, yeah, I was driving. I saw this big buck on 313. And I'd be like, oh, sweet. So I'd go and be like, oh, I can hunt there. And so you start to learn deer patterns in like semi-rural, semi-metro areas where it's like you could have 500 acres of homes that butt up to 500 acres of corn that butt up to 1,000 homes, right? So like there's this area in between. And you would find travel corridors is the biggest thing is like I was telling you I loved early October. Mm -hmm. Like I've never killed a buck late season. I've always killed them that October lull. Yeah. And so doesn't exist. Yeah. No, it doesn't. I, I don't. The October lull is a thing. If you're hunting all the does, right? Right. Like if you're hunting where all the does are, like you're not going to see bucks that first, second week of October. Right? Yeah. Because they're not, they're not with the does. And so we would figure out these travel corridors where there was a Creek bottom or, um, 
a flag lot easement driveway. It's like killed a lot of deer on mm-hmm. like flag lot driveways because it would be this 200 yard strip of woods that would connect another piece of property to another piece of property. Oh, okay. And so the only way they could travel, they didn't walk through the neighborhood. They would travel that, that strip. But nice. there's times funnel. they, and they would travel a lot. So like I have pictures of deer on camera five miles away sure. from where I've killed them. But if you pull up the map, you can go, okay, the only way for them to get here to here is if they go south, then they go west, and then they go north, and then they cross this road. I mean, I killed deer. We call it like the school bus spot because the deer would not cross the road until the school bus had dropped kids off. <laughs> because it'd back traffic up, and there'd be a school bus. There'd be all these parents waiting. The school bus would leave, and like clockwork, deer would get up out of this bedding area that was right off the road between housing development and the road, they'd get up out of this bedding area, cross the road into this ag field, and you would shoot them. Well, I'd have to disagree wow. with you guys on the October lull. I've seen <laughs> some of my biggest deer in my stand at 2.30 a.m. over corn. You know, <laughs> 2.30 a.m.? Yeah, so, I don't know. They're monsters. John's a super sportsman. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a really nice spotlight. Which is another big thing <laughs> in Pennsylvania. Our unit, because there, it was a special regs unit, because there's so many deer, that they allowed baiting. Oh, okay. And so if you could figure out who was baiting, they would always complain because they're like, I'm not seeing any bucks. Well, Bucks would hit their bait at night. Yeah. And so you could figure out, I mean, it's totally different than how like mountain hunting out here or, or anything else. Yeah, right? that's what yeah, we want to transition into that. Like if I would, if you take a mountain hunter here who can kill big bucks out here and I drop them into the county I hunted out there, they would be pulling their hair out because they'd be like, there should be bucks right here. And they're not. And they would find a funnel. And I'm just specifically talking about this like urban metro hybrid that we hunted where like you could find a rut funnel but there's so many does there the rutting there is yeah almost non-existent right that's so that's that's kind of what i've said to a lot of guys is like the skill sets that guys use in the midwest and the east coast do not translate at all when you come out here on the west coast and which i disagree with a little bit okay just because like you could go out in Pennsylvania and shoot 115, 120 inch whitetail mm-hmm. if you had any sort of ability, right? Sure. Um, and yes, like I've shot smaller bucks than that for sure. Like the first buck I ever shot was, I think he's like 116 inches. I was hunting this big 10 point. He broke his antlers because I went, I went to Dick Sporting Goods, bought a climber stand because I was like, I can't get close to this buck. Got a climb. Oh, someone was like, you should get a climber. I was like, that sounds dangerous. I'm in. <laughs> I hate those things <laughs> yeah. so much. We should circle back to the climbers. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> and this buck comes out, and he's missing half his rack. And I was like, dang, dang. I'm not shooting him. This little basket eight point comes out, 42 yards, smoked him. If it's got a basket, put it in the casket, baby. <laughs> Best day of my life. My buddy helps me go get it. We get up to it, and he goes, you're not going to mount this, are you? And I was like, now i absolutely am <laughs> i paid like 300 dollars for this mount and we call him larry because he's like kind of slow looking so if your name's larry i'm not trying to offend you but like he just kind of got a droopy eye and like, <laughs> he's got like a, a fat lip and you, you look at him and you're like what's wrong with that deer <laughs> uh i have a good friend named larry so no oh. offense to anyone named larry but <laughs> finding deer out there and wind is so important mm-hmm. that i think that Midwest East Coast idea of like being invisible in the woods 
is something that translates everywhere, right? Sure. Yeah, I yeah. mean, being able to play the wind, I think that translates everywhere. I think, and I'm not trying to be offensive, but mountain hunting, and I'm not downplaying it at all because it's it's physically more demanding. Okay. Because there's more elevation, sure. there's more traveling, there's scouting is not just driving around, right? But once you figure out, like we've been, I haven't figured out yet. I haven't killed a buck in Idaho yet. Mm-hmm. I haven't. I also haven't hunted whitetail right. bucks in Idaho so yet. I'm, I'm gonna hear what you got to say here. I'm just saying. I'm not saying it's easy by any means at all. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. I think once you figure out those few key points, it's like you're in the game. Sure. Yeah, Does that make so, sense? Yeah. It Is makes that sense. unreasonable? No, I okay. think um, playing the win, obviously. Yeah. I mean, that can translate With to anywhere. Besides, right. I think the big things that don't translate. Where I talk to a lot of guys who aren't doing what you did, right? Where you're like trying to figure out, okay, how did they get here to here to here? Guys who were hunting big tracks of leases or anything yeah. like that in Kansas or Ohio or, okay, like we know where the bedding area is. We know where the feed is. This is obviously the transition zone. You sit anywhere in that transition zone, you're going to have an opportunity, right? And so I have guys who I talk to who come out here like, well, like I thought I found the bedding area and they should be transitioning to feed. Well, the bedding area for a mountain whitetail could be anywhere in this thousand acres. Yeah, right? yeah. He doesn't bed the same spot every single night. He might bed in a similar area, but if he gets bumped by a rifle hunter or by a cougar or by a bear or yeah. by a wolf, now he's four miles away yeah. bedding up. And I have n- rarely got the same buck to walk down the same trail in the daylight twice. Yeah. Right. And so... I think that's where things don't really translate here, right? Where you're, A, you're hunting much lower deer densities. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's part of the reason why they can just kind of go where they want, right? They're not, there's there's none of this territorial thing where, you know, if I get 100 yards outside of my territory, I'm getting beat up by this other big buck, that sort of thing. Yeah, they have fights out here, but it's not, I'm sure it's not near as intense as it is in the Midwest where you got those super, super high deer densities where that buck's like, okay, this is my core zone and this is where I can stay. Well, and like, and and to go on that, like you look at out here and like the chunks of public land are like thousands of acres, you (laughs) know? And like, I just, my reference point would be like back in Minnesota or Northern Wisconsin. It's like, there's a fair amount of public land, but the chunks were not that big. And like, I think I would say it's so much more broken up where you could look at a map and go, okay, they're probably feeding in a, this egg field or this egg field or this egg field, or you look at like the big woods. Right. And you're like, I think you're working with a much smaller space. Well, yeah. And I think something that you might not see a lot of, um, once you get on the other side of the Rockies is white tails that migrate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a big factor, right? So, uh, like this Pennsylvania year, Pennsylvania deer only migrate if fields are cut. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, they cut this corner. I might yeah. go this bean field. Another bean yeah. field here. Oh, they migrate across the street. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so, funny. so I think um, I think you have the skill sets. Like I've seen you in the woods. I think you have the skill sets to be able to put it together. Right. It's just kind of changing a little bit uh, of what you're doing, and it's not like obviously an impossible thing. I've done it. Other people have done it. It's just it's just different, right? Yeah. It's just it's a it's different going, and and that that's from my point of view. So I guess that's kind of what I wanted to ask you: is if 
you know, you've already said you haven't killed a, a buck in Idaho yet. Yeah, um, that I know of. That, okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, no, hold on. I think you hit one with your truck, didn't you? Oh, you have killed a buck in Idaho. You have killed one in Idaho. Yeah. Smoked they made like a 145-inch eight-point or four-by-four. Yeah. Four. Yeah. yeah, that 350 automatic, yeah. yeah. Nice. Actually, I made like 7,500 bucks can, off that. Can you please nice. tell us about your elk plates when you went to the DMV real quick? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Idaho's dumb. Don't ever move to Idaho. <laughs> I moved to Idaho, and I'm jacked up to be in the West. I'm pumped. I'm part of the West. Like, I love hunting, but I like the adventuring more. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I like Idaho is because Pennsylvania, you go out and you shoot a deer, you get a process, and you watch a Monday night football. Like, yeah. yeah. It's just a routine. As to where Idaho, everything is an adventure. Like right. everything is, you can die right. <laughs> because yeah. you could get eaten by an animal. Mm-hmm. Like my first overnight elk trip, I had a bear like push my tent in on the side of it because he came too close. And like, it's a real deal out here. So I go to the DMV to register my truck. She's like, do you want any special plates? I was like, actually, yeah, I'd like to get, so we got this cool elk plate here. It's like a bugling bowl and yeah it's it's, sick. it's awesome it's a nice plate and people know like oh, that guy's an elk hunter because <laughs> yeah. i want to be an elk hunter right and i was like yeah sure i'll get the elk plates and she like look this older sweetest lady ever she looks up to me and she goes well have you killed an elk <laughs> i said well no she goes well then why do you want an elk plate <laughs> and my wife sitting next to me just cracking up and i'm like i am so embarrassed right now <laughs> I don't, and I don't it's DMV. There's like 150 people in there waiting to get their plates. Yeah. And this lady's arguing about me not qualified to get an elk plate. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I'll get the potato plate because I've eaten fries. <laughs> so, yeah, I was pretty upset about it. Oh, I didn't mean to cut your story off, Jake, but I just no, that a that was in a pass. That's a good one. Yeah. Which no. now I agree. You can. If you got you take that elk plate off, you've never shot an elk. I'm not taking my elk plate <laughs> you take, off. You've I'm never not, take, take, I'm not taking them off. You nope. take. I'm tall in the DMV. Funny. I ain't doing it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, my options are potato, trout, or like a tree. I've You're cut a, a tree bird. down. You've seen a bluebird. Yeah. There you go. You can get that plate. We call those blue mallards. Oh, okay. blue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, anyways, that was great. Have you, that was great have you um, I know you've, when you came out here to the West, you kind of transitioned over to elk. Have you tried to kind of relate any of those whitetail experiences? that you had over there to hear, or did you just kind of try to relearn everything you're doing out here? I came in with a total open mind. Like I want to just learn. I got here and some guy was like, it's going to be seven years before you ever shoot an elk. And I was like really disheartened when I moved here because the attitude was super negative mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. a lot of people. I moved here and I couldn't we see that in Jake all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not true. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I couldn't hunt because I was a non-resident still because I hadn't been here right. enough time mm-hmm. and non-resident tags were sold out. So I had a year of no hunting. Mm-hmm. I went back to Pennsylvania and shot a whitetail. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just dedicated like just to scout. And my first time out, I took my son out for an overnight camp trip and I was like, oh, there's, there's an elk right there. And, uh, well, John just broke his microphone, so if you hear some he banging and loud, he's he's knocked his microphone off the John table. John breaks another thing. How, how, <laughs> how <laughs> cliche! You gotta you gotta spin. You gotta open it, and then it's a clamp. Yeah, there you go. Great. So I found out. We went out like September third, and I glasses heard an elk up on the hillside. Mm-hmm. They were bugling all night. I was like, this is easy, and 
<laughs> I found, I mean, brought my six-year-old and we, there's elk. All right. I don't see what the big deal is. And every time I went out, I found elk. Like I just hiked into places where I specifically went out during elk season and drove to public land and parked at places where there was no trucks. Cause here, like you go out on public land during elk season, right? There's trucks everywhere. Oh yeah. So I would just drive until I didn't see a truck and then get out and just put miles on to see why is nobody here? And it's typically because it sucked. Because <laughs> it was miserable. It's like 1,900 feet straight Super down into yeah. Satan's armpit of <laughs> sticks and brush. Um, until you experience that. like that's I think that's one of the funnest things for me when guys are coming out here from like the Midwest to Elkhart and they're like, like what do I prepare for? Like you can't. Yeah. Like, yeah. You. Yeah. To go into Start rock the, climbing. Yeah. To go into the actual suck. Like, <laughs> Remember when I took yeah. you guys out and and we got to the that cliff wall? Oh yeah. I was like, oh, um, oh there's a rock cliff. <laughs> get out the carabiners. Yeah. And the Swiss <laughs> seats. So we got we got to climb this thing, dude. That's that that's so true because, um, having hunted Montana the last two years and like, where we hunted in Montana, it wasn't like. Uh, there was some steep stuff, but it was like, is not as thick as this. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, that it, it's a whole different ball game out here. Mm-hmm. Like, especially like North Idaho. I haven't done any adventuring south yet, but yeah, down southern Idaho is like a whole different state. It's yeah. bizarre. It's but that's it's why it's open. draw tanks. Yeah, that's why yeah. a lot of the units down there are draw only because it's easier to kill elk. Right, and I'll, say, I'll just say it. It's yeah. easier. Like. Montana easier to kill elk. Yeah, oh, oh yeah. yeah, and because if you can see them, you can usually get to them, yeah, or figure it figure out. Yeah, figure out. Well, that's or what, figure out and mess it up and watch them run over the hill yeah. and make a game plan for the next day. Well, right. that's like, and, and a lot you, of guys are gonna get real mad because they've never killed an elk in Montana. Well, I have not. All, yeah, I've, and they're I've all jacked their, up. They're like what? Right. Dude, we were just talking about this in the last podcast. Anytime, like it's time to go. Right, it, like it's gearing up for hunting season, like elk season. The last few years. And I do it to myself every year. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to kill 350. Like, yeah. <laughs> driving out to Montana, I'm just like, all right. Yeah. I'm gonna kill a giant. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be an elk every day, and then like the first three days go by, and we don't see a freaking right. thing. But we end up getting into them every year. It's mm-hmm. just you know, inexperienced. Well, yeah, I but, mean, elk. I think elk are are difficult no matter where you go. Right. The the difficult part of elk, we, we've talked about this on every podcast we've done so far, is finding them. Oh yeah. And I think th- that is where the easiness comes in that Wilson's talk talking about where like once you find them in like montana okay now you can kind of see where they're gonna go mm-hmm. and even if they go a mile you can still see them again and yeah. that's not everywhere there's no, really not wooded areas no, in montana everywhere. sure but, oh yeah but if you bump a herd of elk in <laughs> idaho in northern idaho typically if you see an elk here it's because you hear them running yeah, away yeah. yeah and you're like there they go there well there it is and, and like that's that old saying like i've heard on every western elk hunting thing like when they, when they bring up idaho mm-hmm. they're like if you can kill an elk if you can kill a bull in north idaho you can pretty much go anywhere and right. apply that and kill a bull yeah like well how close was that bull that we got into how close was that we couldn't get a shot off i was well yeah he was i was full draw at 20 yards yeah and i but had he a frontal just, and he just popped up he was just like whoop. yeah i saw his tines coming through the cedars yeah. and yeah, it's um, just so thick, and it's yeah. like you so, see him, but you can't get a so shot, right? To go back to what Austin was just saying, as far as applying that knowledge to anywhere else you go, um, a good buddy of mine uh, from the sheriff's office, uh, Ryan Flory. Um, yeah, he, we're not friends with him either. So, 
<laughs> good friend of the shop. Good friend of all the guys. Uh, Not great, me. great elk hunter, right? But he grew up in Oregon and Washington, mm-hmm. where the hunting for rosies and the public pressure was really difficult. And so he has figured out the similar to the way Wilson's done it, where he's figured out how to hunt around people. That's his game style out here, and he does really well every year. Mm-hmm. And so if you ask him, he's like, oh, dude, elk hunt out here is super easy. Like, I just figure out where everyone else is, and then I go to wherever they're going to push the elk to me. Yeah. And so he, that's Which, a part of his smart, game that he understands. Super smart. Like, he understands best where they want to go. Hunting, best day archery hunting in Pennsylvania is open day again. Because I would tuck into, like, I had this little two-acre spot, and it was just this sweet little plot of woods in between a couple places, and I would – go in super early in the morning and by 10 o'clock there'd be 40 deer in this little one acre because they all got pushed out and yeah. it was and i wouldn't go in there until opening day and then you could be like which one do i want to shoot <laughs> <laughs> so figuring out how to hunt by people is, is a big deal yeah. safely um this year my elk hunting goal was to find no people and find places where that's, that's how i am find places where people can't get to um, cause they're a, they're not willing to, or they don't have yeah. a means to get there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it paid dividends this year cause I had plenty, we had lots of opportunities to missed opportunities and it was a great, um, we, we got into wild elk. Yeah. Oh know? yeah. We're like unpressured, like just elk being elk. Yeah. S- so cool. Yeah. Oh, God, no, so it was cool. I mean, every time I went in there, yeah. I had an opportunity to shoot a bull. Yeah. That's so cool. I mean, yeah. like the, that's just a spot that is awesome like, yeah. where you can find them doing their own thing oh it was and incredible. they're not getting bumped around by everybody i mean that bull just walking into us screaming yeah, his head so, off was amazing and that's john, what it's all about uh, right john there, just dude. looking over at him his eyes was wide open and i'm like what is happening right now <laughs> he's fucking huge john goes, <laughs> he's fucking huge man <laughs> and then austin's falling off the mountain behind oh, us. Yeah. dude i yard sailed it so bad he will because he i don't he, understand how you guys keep doing this we <laughs> talked about yard sailing i have never <laughs> fell off a mountain in my life dude it's, it's coming. coming never say never well yeah <laughs> Now it's coming. So this bull... <laughs> Jake breaks his femur. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jake. <laughs> so it's not funny. Yeah, R.I.P. Right. Um, Get him awesome, a Awesome friends. <laughs> so, so don't worry. John will carry you off the mountain, though. We, it's, it's if he gets hurt, we're just going to we're we're gonna 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 have to put him down. Yeah, we're just going to have to put him down. If one of us sorry. gets done, we can, we'll sorry, make Michelle, it. Sorry, Michelle. I loved you. Um, no, so th- this bull comes in, and I'll, I'm calling, and I, I can't really see what's going on, and uh, I hear him. Could you see me at full draw? No, I couldn't see you guys at all. You guys like disappeared off. That's into the why brush. I have o- orange strings so people can see. Me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm lost in the sauce over there because like it just goes quiet, and I'm like, okay, what is going on? I'm waiting for the thwack. I'm waiting for because this bull is all I could see was his head at this point. He's yeah. just staring at me, and I'm like, oh my goodness, that's and, the biggest elk I've ever seen. And uh, and then all of a sudden, like it's just quiet, and I'm like, okay, what's going on? I'm looking around, I'm listening, and then all of a sudden he freaking bugles 40 <laughs> yards above me up on the other side of this little drainage, and I can't see him, but it scared the shit out of me. Oh, that's and when he walked away. That's when he yeah. walked away from you guys, and then he's right above me, and I'm like, oh my God. Uh, I'm like scrambling, I'm picking, I pick up my bow, I put it, I knock an arrow, and I'm like, okay, I got to get some distance between me and him, because I'm not in a good spot if he comes down this drainage. And I'm backing up and I'm like, I'm like cow calling and I'm backing up and I got my bow in my hand with an arrow in it. And then I just went, yeet. <laughs> and it just like, <laughs> I went down, my bow went flying. 
and then like an episode of Comedy you did Central. a great oh, job calling that thing yeah that was, oh, that was i epic. got super lucky because you did an awesome job and then i was good on the camera there. right yeah. oh i did yeah <laughs> this then, bull is standing in front of us and john's videotaping the ground <laughs> telling me how big this bull is <laughs> <laughs> he's not looking at the camera lens no. or like the he's not looking at what he's recording he's looking he's he's actually looking at it yeah at least he was recording at, that time yeah no. that's true you know, hey man was recording oh, yeah. got a um, sweet picture of your boots <laughs> but i will say something that doesn't translate is like i've done a lot of ground hunting like killing white tails on the ground mm-hmm. does not translate to elk hunting no, because my first year, so last year elk hunting, I got it. I had tons of opportunities at bulls, but I failed because my setup was bad. Like oh, I had yeah, multiple that, times where like I would set up and I, I started by this progression of like getting super tucked in and then I would tuck myself into these spots. So I was hidden, but then I have no shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then I started to move it out in the open and then I had nothing covering. So I like bulls would come in and spot me. Or I'd be in a spot where like cows would get downwind of me and blow, mm-hmm. or there was like times where there's like a bush in front of me, and I just looking back, I'm like, okay, yeah, I did not. It's so important. So like all those, you learn so much from every yeah. one of those. Though. Even like, that bull that, yeah. like if I was two, if I was on the other side of that log, yeah, yeah I would we would have killed that right. bull. Or right had there. or yeah. had I even like had we not gone down the drain like yeah. down into that drainage and just stayed just, on his and level found a hole somewhere yeah. to see across because yep. 30 yards across yeah he would have yeah that's been my biggest um learning curve with elk is i'm all like i always had this white tail mindset right and so like as little noise as possible i don't want to like push <laughs> yeah. it too hard right and this year like it finally clicked like just push the limit like just push at him get closer than you think you need to get mm-hmm and have a shooting window well right? and that, yeah so many of my setups like in montana the last couple of years like we we would get into elk every every year we've got into elk but it was always our setup like we'd get bulls bugling mm-hmm. we'd cut the distance and then whether it was like well like the first one we messed up on um i called a bull in for my buddy uh justin or our buddy justin mm-hmm. and uh it was a uh it was a giant bull and like we did everything perfect we we made all the right moves we got above him and then we came down on top of him and he was below us and it we just i sent justin out like 40 yards in front of me and i should have sent him like 50 yards because looking at where we were at it was so open and of course right where the bull hung up was right on the edge of that opening right where the last the last point he could see where i was calling from right and he didn't see and justin come to full draw on him and he was at 80 yards and just send it just a giant bull and uh but yeah again we learned from that like holy crap yeah like justin should have been way farther up there or we should have gotten to a thicker patch of timber or something and then just year after year i keep learning more and more yeah it's always a setup but so going from um being able to just kill an insane amount of deer every year to coming out here. Yeah, what's your grocery bill it, look like now? Yeah, like is <laughs> it miserable, dude? Is it been like a, I'm like calling my buddies, hey, you got any meat? You got any meat, bro? Yeah. Thanks, Jake. You're welcome. Uh I did kill an elk, so I passed some of that on. Yeah. Um yeah, in you can have my spot. Elk, you can what's have that? my elk in your buddy's spot. In my buddy's spot. I'm just oh kidding. no, yeah, actually no. Uh, uh, that's yeah, Ryan Flora. He took me out. That's one thing spot. I really have appreciated. 
there's people here who are like, I'm not taking you into my spot. And then there's, I feel like this year I've seen in this, like at least this group of people when mm-hmm. we're like, there's a lot of like, if I'm going to eat, you're going to eat too yeah. kind of deal, which yeah. is cool. And like, I have to be careful. Cause like, I'm like, I found this spot. I don't want anyone to know about it. But then at the same time, like I love sharing memories and making right. experiences mm-hmm. with people. So like, I want to bring people into that as well. Right. Um, but like, I don't know. It's, it, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, a hard, really hard balance. Yeah. It was a hard balance. Yeah. Um, so, so going from this just all time whitetail killer to coming out here, uh, how did, how did you deal with that, uh, mental change, right? Like you're going from being able to hunt all the time to, I got a tag oh. and <laughs> I was so shocked. I just didn't realize I, I was like, what do you mean? One tag? Yeah. Well, yeah, you can kill a buck or a doe. I was like, what am I going to have for lunch? (laughs) (laughs) uh, So I actually, I've loved it because like the killing aspect is not, you know, I don't wake up out out of bed and be like, I want to draw blood. Right. You know, like, especially hunting later in life. Like it's still not like, do you feel like the challenge has been more rewarding? I guess. Oh, I have made some of the coolest memories I will never forget. And once you get out of that, you notice this rabbit hole of like what social media wants hunting to look like, mm-hmm. where like you have to hunt like this and you have to wear this kind of clothes and you have to have, you know, sponsors or whatever to do all this stuff. Like once you get out of that mindset and just say, why do I hunt? I hunt to feed my family and hunt to make epic memories. Yeah. Right? I love that. It changes everything. And now I can like, I don't worry about like what I'm wearing or if I'm matching <laughs> a couple weeks ago, my buddy Clancy looks at me. He's like, do you own any camo? You mean Chancy? Chancy. <laughs> yeah. Chancy. Uh, he's like, do you own any camo? And I looked down, I was like, Oh, I forgot. I didn't even put any camo on. I'm wearing this like brown jeans and a sweatshirt. And nice. I was having the best time of my life. Like Heck yeah. it's once that mindset has shifted of like, I want to hunt to make memories and feed yeah. my family. It's been so fun. Like, especially elk hunting this year, like doing what I've been doing has been super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, with one deer tag now, I'm like, let's make my deer tag a epic adventure, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So we're I'm doing a fly-in mule deer hunt mm-hmm. in our state, and I'm going to a super wild area that's just like, there's people that hunt there, obviously, but it's just like uncharted. It's, right. it's wild, and we're getting dropped off by a plane. I leave in a couple of days. Heck yeah, um, man. Is that and, the Princess Fiona Wilderness? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. yeah. Up in Canada. No, cool. no, here in Idaho. Bikini bottom. Yeah. And uh if I'm gonna go kill a deer, why not make an awesome memory? Oh you heck know? yeah, dude. And um I had a lot of people's when I when I got into hunting, right like the second year I started hunting, I went to Alaska and hunted. Um, because my oh, buddy invited me. That'll ruin you. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> someone was like, What that's expensive. I'm like, you can do these fun adventures. For pretty cheap. Yeah. If you're willing to just, you know. Squirrel some money yeah, away. Yeah. Squirrel some money like away, eat up. peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah. And well, like, yeah. What's the adventure worth to you? Right. right. Like, yeah. Is it a $10,000 hunt? Maybe not worth it to me. No. But if no, we're no, buying no, a tag no. over the counter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're yeah. going up there. We're paying for fuel. We're paying yeah. for food. Oh, and it. that started for me with turkey hunting when I was like, okay, I want to kill a turkey. Oh, I can get a $75 turkey tag in New York. I'm going to go kill a turkey in New York. Yeah. And I'm going to invite some buddies. We're going to camp. 
And then we're going to go to Ohio and shoot a turkey. Or we're going to drive down to West Virginia for turkey 70 tour. hours and go shoot a turkey. So yeah. Awesome. It's, yeah, turkey's going to provide like a meal and a half yeah. for my family. But the memories I have from hunting turkeys, and dude, it's so cool. It's so worth it, right? Like we're, we're at that point where like, uh, in like in at our fam in our family, yeah. right? We we're not like we don't usually get each other gifts. You know, my wife and I, we we like experiences. Yeah, like with us and the kids and the fam. Like, I'd rather I'd rather spend fifteen hundred dollars on an experience for all of us than yeah. buy something that's tangible that you know you forget about later yeah. in life. You know, right. um, and I don't have the n- enough money to do these adventure hunts to feed my family for a year. Right. Or yeah. Like I can't go to travel to seven States to kill seven different deer. <laughs> right. It's just, it's just not feasible yeah. yet. 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 Yeah. But I what's like cool that. with Idaho is like, if I shoot an elk and I shoot a bear and I shoot, we can shoot two deer. Cause like this year yeah. I drew a, a second deer mm-hmm. tag. You shoot an elk, a bear and two deer. That's, that's a lot of f- me. That's going to feed my family. Yeah. So it's put more importance on like, do you want to talk about your epic doe tag? Oh, it was epic. Just shot two backyard deer. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I'll tell you, those two deer in Pennsylvania, that would have been the most like mountainous hunt ever for people. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. Because oh there's a mountain right there. That's hysterical. That's awesome. We went and had coffee at this guy's house. It I had my best. extra deer tag. Thank my you, wife, Chester. My wife uh, and I walked out to this fence as Jake and Chester were in his house just drinking coffee. And my wife waxed the biggest doe I've ever seen in my life. It's a big doe. Yeah, and they all run across, and I shot another one, and I was about, my I was deer season was dying like five watching this long. happen. <laughs> yeah, so so I met Chester through a friend, and he owns land uh, in Idaho, and the neighbors all have um, alfalfa fields, and he's got like thirty five apple trees, and so they've just got more deer than I've yeah. ever seen really <laughs> anywhere. And so he's like, no, literally, you can come up and shoot him in the the lawn. And I'm thinking, okay. Right, We're standing like, in his driveway. Yeah. And there's a deer like 20 yards away. And he's like, just shoot that right there. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, you know, like, already, <laughs> We're just, like, you talking for like just 15 shoot minutes. This one. Oh my gosh. And yeah. it was like, I was like staring out the window like a child with binoculars, like eyes on the window as Wilson and his wife are out there. And I'm just like, giving them play by play through text. Like there's like 15 of them. If you want to shoot them on the roof, <laughs> come on. <back."> like, <laughs> And put yeah. you up on a perch here. Uh, his uh, lovely bride, she smoked a, just a giant doe. And yeah. then it was just like chaos there for a minute while all these does are running everywhere. And you smoked a, a good doe too. Yeah. I mean, she wasn't a, I smoked a normal, big a normal doe. Size yeah. Doe. Yeah. yeah. She just looked and it small. Looked tiny next to my wife's here. <laughs> and my wife, like she's, my wife's killed turkeys. She's killed ducks. She's killed a 120 inch whitetail, mm-hmm. and she never killed a doe. And she's like, "I just want to shoot a doe." Yeah, I'm like, "Sweet." So she's got the thirst. Yeah, <laughs> she's just like wearing yoga pants and a sweatshirt. We just walk out to the <laughs> yes. fence with a rifle. Heck yeah, dude! But I think I, it has transitioned to like, I don't care what you make of hunting. Like, if you want to, if your whole reason behind hunting is because you want to have big social media following and you want to have sponsors, whatever, that's good for you. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to talk down about it, but the idea of like making a standard, like other people have to do it this way or it's not right. It's yeah. just, I'm just so, I'm so done with that. 
And I like, agree. I just want to have a good time. And, and yeah, make go memories. enjoy it, right? We like, went on that duck hunt, right? And we uh, shot, what, five ducks? Four dude, ducks? That was so fun, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just a blast. And it's <laughs> no pun intended. Did we only shoot four? I felt like we shot a million. I was, that's how <laughs> we, shot, I had. we shot a little bit I more than what we some. hit. <laughs> Yeah, oh, you, yeah, you yeah. shot at more than we re- we, we, we got. Then you killed. Yeah, that tangible. That's okay. I yeah. had a good time. No, it was yeah. so fun, though. And that's what hunting is to me, yeah. is like making memories and having a good time, and that's it, right? Like, it's about being, in, like, making those memories, and, like, what's your success, right? Like, yeah. my success to me, my first year elk hunting, was hearing one. Like, I just oh, wanted yeah. to hear a bugle, and we finally did, and then we ended up getting into them, and, like, yeah, we didn't tag out, but cool, it was a freaking epic epic hunt when they were bu- john when they were mm-hmm. that bull was bugling was that the first time you were like that close? Exactly. yes dude yeah it was just coolest thing ever. I mean, that's all you amazing. can think about for like the next few days yeah, yeah. it was that moment you right? just hyped up on yeah. that it's like that's what it's all about right there and yeah. just like people talk about it, it's like you got experience it finally it's like oh yeah now and, i understand and like selfishly like i go back um like i would like if there were like point restrictions or yeah i think that'd be like great that, i think it'd be good but like at the same point you know I want people to be successful and have that experience, you know, cause yeah. then you really limit the amount, you know, cause, cause then you can deter, deter a lot of people. Right. Like if like I brought this up back in like Wisconsin, right. I'm like, it'd be great if they had a point restriction because every year, like tons of spikes are getting shot, you know? And it's like, but you got one family or you got a guy who he can only hunt He's got one weekend out of the two-week gun season because he doesn't archer hunt. He's, you know, like he's busy, he works for a living, right? And he's got one weekend, and may, all he sees is a spike, and he's trying to put some food on his table. Like I get it, like I totally understand that. But, but does he have a doe tag? Right. See, and that—that's the problem. It's like there's, yeah. there's Pennsylvania has like, unlimited doe tags, right? And guys are shooting small bucks, and they're like, "I'm a meat hunter." Well, well you know what? The ten deer that were, ten does that were standing next to that little buck had twice as much meat <laughs> on them than that little yeah. buck did. Right. Well, yeah. and that's the thing. So, like in in like like where I grew up hunting in Minnesota, like you could get a doe tag for a while, but then it was bucks only. You know, like you yeah. couldn't kill a doe, so it, it well, in lies the. See, and I have a different point of view. As I would make the argument that the guy who says he is a meat hunter, at specifically in the Northwest, is being fiscally irresponsible. Then, like if that if this is how you're providing for your family, all you're getting off of that little buck is oh, right. thirty pounds of meat, and you spent. Uh, and, I don't know, $300 in fuel and tax. And I'm not saying it's that they're else. going out looking to shoot a spike. It's just like yeah, the opportunity. You it, and you know, that's, your, that's your excuse, right? If that's what you're happy with, that's what you're happy with. Well, don't right. make excuses for it. No, but I'm saying like they only have one weekend. Like, you know, like they, they get that's, no, that's one fine. weekend. And I, I, so I get what you're saying. And so yeah. I, that's, that's the hard part of the argument is you can't make everyone happy. Though, right. right, yeah. And so would their hunter happiness be at a far greater percentage, and I would argue that it would be, if you were seeing larger and more bulls on the landscape than what we are currently seeing. And seeing, I mean, spikes generally aren't doing the bugling, right? You're not seeing a lot of spikes out there. Right, yeah. Sometimes it would get a little squealy, but if you had more two- and three-year-old bulls, you would hear a whole lot more bugles. Yeah, for sure. But at the same time, like, it's hard. It's like... I wish people would just, if they set standards for themselves and then, and then hold them to that standard, mm-hmm. right? Like for me, I like the experience. And so yeah. 
I, I'll shoot a spike elk. I've never killed one. Yeah. But probably when I once I shoot a spike, I probably will well, set a different goal for myself. Right, to you got to climb, like, right? Yeah. I want to better my, not better me, Not I'm not saying other people need to do what I do, but like I want to just figure out where the big bulls yeah. live. Because you, know? you, you get the spike, you're like, great. I figured, like I got some meat. I figured it out. Yeah. Next year, I'm going to try and get a branch antler. Like that's my yeah. goal. I'm not going to, I'm not going to shoot the first spike I see. I'm going to, I'm going to shoot a branch antler bull. Next year, I already have a lot of stuff on my calendar and I might, sounds crazy, but like I might just, my goal might be to just kill a cow. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, hey, I that's need to get fine. some meat. Cow season, I got some places I go shoot, shoot a cow. Yeah. I'm, that might be my goal. That's great. And I know people will be like, oh, I would never shoot a cow. Well, guess what? I don't care. I'd shoot a cow. I'd shoot a cow. Right, then the thing is, right, I would rather shoot the cow than the spike. Oh, yeah. the sure. three by three bull than the little yeah. four by four raghorn yeah. bull. I would rather shoot that large cow. No, for sure. Because A, there's more meat on it. And B, and, what am I doing with the ant? Like, and C, someone's always going to kill yeah. a bigger elk than you. Oh, 100%. 100%. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the reality is like 200 inch deer. Someone, I just saw this on another podcast somewhere. He was like, for every time you shoot a 200 inch deer, there's someone else that shoots three in a year. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's like, not, it's not impressive anymore. No. Like, okay, cool. You shot a 170 inch deer. Nobody actually really cares. It, right. You know, like, if you care, awesome. If yep. you're pumped by it, awesome. If your core group of friends is encouraging you and is supporting you, awesome. Otherwise, nobody cares. Yeah. Like, you're not going to win a world record. You're not going to get a TV show named after you because you killed a 175-inch deer with your bow. Right. Guess what? Like, the days of, like, that making you popular are, are really over. I just listened to another podcast where they said the same thing. Yeah, and I yeah. think I saw that clip, and I was like, amen, yeah. brother. Yeah. It's it, it gone are the days of, like... He was talking about it from the standpoint of producing hunting TV shows, and he said, now I have to figure out what people is yeah. going to captivate oh. people to watch these hunting shows definitely was it was like, the same podcast yeah. i was like that's so dumb yeah because now they're trying to how can we m make these hunting shows more attractive to other people yeah. which means they are t telling the hunters in the show how to act what to do what yeah. to say it's not natural just anymore. so that they can get views yeah. mm -hmm. and for me that's just like i'm Dude, so it, sick of that yeah it's i think i think what like the guys on the hunting public have done is awesome because they just like uh, they were so fun to watch because they were just out hunting public land and like, yeah, they wanted to shoot mature deer, but like they didn't hold back like, cause it was about the experience, right? It was about, like you said, right? Like packing up, going to hunt public land with some friends and just tr making memories and trying oh, to yeah. kill some deer, you know, or like, like pheasant hunting coming up here. Like I just went out the first time the other day. Um, and we got one bird but I'm just excited to like go explore new places and find birds yeah. and like kind of like with Turkey hunting, right? Like it's about the experience. I love pheasant hunting. I love pheasant hunting. It's hard work, but I love watching the dog work. Like I love when he gets birdie and excited. It's just like, Oh, it's so cool to watch. Yeah. And you don't get a lot of meat from pheasants. You only get, <laughs> I think three, three's the bag limit, daily limit, depending on where you're at. <laughs> and so it's not much, but it's so much fun. The experience is fun. Just flushing birds and being out there with, you know, in a group, just hunting. Pheasants. You had a good group with you on Sunday? No, it was just me. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it was, it was <laughs> also, dog, man. it was just me and my dog. Which is so peaceful a, times. Oh, yeah, dude, it was great. But I've never been like my pheasant hunting experiences were like s Southwestern Minnesota, 
you know, and it's flat. It's just like mm. flat. And here is <laughs> so cool where I was hunting. Yeah. Because I'm hunting, you know, this uplandy area, but there's mountains all around me. Yeah. I'm like, this is this is so cool. Yeah, it's super rad. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. But, so I would I want to touch back on what you're saying about, you know, killing a hundred and seventy inch deer, no one cares. I think for <laughs> you struck I, a nerve. No, no. I if you no. kill a one seventy I care. I right. care. Like, like your yeah. friends care, right? right. Yeah. So that's what he was saying. Yeah. I think um from my point of view, like I I love seeing big deer. I love seeing big animals. I yeah. want like I would love to see Idaho go to some kind of QDM management and uh what man? QDM QDM QDM. Yeah, quality okay. deer management. <laughs> It's like, Sorry. what language was that? So, he had a stroke. <laughs> Sorry, Show I had a stroke there. That's that TBI <laughs> kicking in. Your, your, that, still don't apply for that. <laughs> TBI. Yeah, just keep flying for it, man. Just keep, if you keep hanging out with us, you'll get it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, my proxy. Um, but I, I think I agree with you that, like, it's not going to get you a TV show. It's not going to get you. Why are you killing a 170? Because I love hunting deer, right? And, and I love seeing big antlers. There you go. Like that's super rad. Well, and and to your point earlier, right? Um, the experience. Yeah. Because I only get one tag in Idaho, and so I personally like I really enjoy the experience of the hunt. I I have killed enough things in my life that the the kill itself is not enjoyable to me. Yeah. Right? Like that's a necessary evil to the sport. You have to harvest an animal to be a hunter, right? You have to harvest an animal to eat. But I would, and I think that's where I get frustrated with people. Who are like, "Well, I'm just, I'm just a meat hunter." Well, well, then shoot a doe, right? If you don't care about the experience, then shoot a doe, and let that whitetail or let that bull yeah. grow up to be a mature representation of that species. So the next guy who's in it for the experience, who, or that twelve-year-old kid who's going out there and he's busting his ass all season and he kills a one fifty. Like he's never gonna forget that, right? no. but you don't you don't have that out here because yeah. there is no quality deer management. Yeah, so that's where I think I get disheartened because I am again I'm I'm for the experience because well I pay for all my tags and everything else and I know that I'm being fiscally irresponsible by saying I'm a meat hunter and killing a deer and saying that's going to feed my family for the year for the money that I like I could go buy beef and chicken at the store for way less than I spend. What my wife did. She had zero dollars into that hunt because mm-hmm. we had a rifle that my uncle gave us. Right. No. So yeah. eventually, and, right? Yeah. At some level, yeah, you balance it out, and especially you know where you came from, Pennsylvania, yeah. you could shoot enough deer to make that fiscally responsible. Oh yeah. But the guys who go out there and they're going to elk camp and they're drinking six cases of beer and oh, their grocery burn. bill for elk camps a thousand dollars. Yeah. Oh yeah, for and sure. So, like you're definitely in it for the experience. Like whether you say you are or not, you're obviously in it for the experience. Yeah. And so just say that you are. Right. Yeah. If you just if you enjoy killing animals, yeah. small bucks, small bulls, that's fine. Yeah. I don't care, but don't make an excuse that yeah. it's because you're a meat hunter. I can't stand the it's not the biggest I've killed, but I'm excited about it. Right. Post. Oh, yeah. You're like if you're not excited, like, yeah. d- don't preface it with anything. So, like, I'm going on this mule deer hunt, and, you know, my buddy asked me the other day, is like, how big of a mule, like, what's your goal? Because there's giant mule deer where I'm going. Oh, yeah. 
But then there's also a lot of three and a half year old, 140 inch mule deer. Yeah. Like, what are you saying? <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. Bro? It's super cool. I've yeah. never killed a mule deer before. Right. That's so, a, like, oh, and because we're going to have, once you get back from this, like, well, we'll mule deer podcast. we're going to have a mule so, deer. So, we'll talk about so John and I. Right? How do you goal, measure your success on that yeah. hunt? My goal for this hunt is to make a clean, ethical shot on a mule deer buck. And size wise, I haven't come to like a, because I'm, there's no scouting going yeah. on, right? Like you'll I'm not know, flying you'll in just and know scouting. When you see it, right? And you I think like, we're going to just, like that one. we're going to take the temperature of like where we're at because we're flying in and then spike camping out from yeah. the airship. The airfield. And I think after the first day, because they're migrating and they're running right now. Yeah. So we're hunting, we could be possibly hunting new deer and drainages every day. Every day. Yeah. And so I think I want to take a temperature and say, you know what? There's a lot of 120 inch mule deer here. So when I see one that gets me excited, I'm going to kill shoot it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Dude. Like both your guys' mule deer, I would, I would have killed in a heartbeat where I'm going. Yeah. Because one, yours crazy looking mm-hmm. and two, yours is like the best picture of a mule deer out there oh yeah it's just like it is yeah the iconic like, Googled, like typical mule deer, deer frame like that's, that's it. john's mode. and that's yeah, so perfect. cool to yeah. me and i think once i shoot a mule deer say i shoot a hundred inch mule deer right yeah and it gets me all pumped up and i'm excited about it yeah maybe next year i'll say i'm gonna shoot one bigger than yeah, this set one. the bar right. a little higher for sure how many days are you going out again uh we're hunting for seven days nice, nice dude that's yeah. sweet dude it's just you two um Clancy's dad is going to be at the airstrip with the wall tent. Cool, dude. So we're going to have like Camp Bougie. Nice. Where it's like we got cast iron wood stove. We got oh, barbecues. Yes. We have Yeti coolers Sweet. and propane so, heaters. And yeah, like You talk about like the experience. Oh, full dude. nine yards. Oh, dude. But then we have the ability. We're bringing our TP tent with the pa- backpack stove. Nice. And, so you could spike out. And we're going to spike out for like three days. And if it's good, we'll stay. And if it's not, sure. we'll come back, yeah. get some rest, go back out in another yeah. direction cool but we could get there and it could be miserable because it's already snowing a lot there and we might just stay at the wall tent right yeah and then hike out and it's gonna be epic because you have chairs and tables yeah and like dude that is gonna be sweet that's like when you talk about are you bringing whiskey what you bringing whiskey uh no i'm alcohol free you should bring a bottle of whiskey that's (laughs) you're gonna see a lot of snow (laughs) so you talk about heated socks though nice (laughs) So there's got that going for yeah. me. <laughs> no, uh, you talk about like experiences, right? So I, I want badly to do a spike, like, a hire an outfitter or whatever between a group of guys to pack in and like a drop camp, you know, like I would love to do a high country late season mule deer hunt out of a wall tent. We I don't get, need to. Why? We'll buy alpacas. Okay. And keep them at Jake's house. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, hell yeah. I'm serious. Perfect. Um, yeah. You don't have a choice because we'll yeah. pay for the enclosure. Like we'll build the enclosure. <laughs> Can we do pack goats instead? I don't know. I just don't like goats. My wife likes. <laughs> I don't goats like a lot. alpacas. My wife likes goats too. She loves llamas. Goats. Maybe the llamas are mean, dude. We'll take care of it, right? They're unruly, you, and you have. You all just right. have to store them. I'm all in. Goats dude. just go anywhere you want to go. That's the problem with like llamas and alpacas. Like they. I'm just don't too, want to cross that creek. Like you have to force them across. Where goats, yeah. you can just go crawl through anything you want. So you're saying we can buy goats and keep them at your house? Yes. 
Oh. You heard it here, folks. I was recording. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. My wife, no, my wife wants pack goats. I nice. want pack goats. Okay. I'm literally. We'll have goats at your house next week. I'm not kidding you, because I don't want to pay someone. Because that's a super fun experience. You yeah. got your kids. We're yeah. trading these goats. We're right. going down. We're strapping vests on them and we're putting them in a line. Like it's well, going to be super with, cool. We were that's just cool, talking yeah. about the goats. Don't, well, actually, we should reach out to Liam and see because he has pack goats. Yeah. We well, should see that, his experience. Oh, I met a guy in the... Uh, where I used to live, she trains goats. That's what she does for a living. Oh and oh, she I'm gets so a lot of her goats to, from <laughs> Idaho. I'm a goat I trainer. met a, a goat breeder in she Washington. She did that, too. Up in, yeah, the goat spread. The goat spread. She didn't. Okay. okay. Good thing for clarifying Animal husbandry. <laughs> um, anyway, he was bear hunting up the cellway, and I met this guy, and his goats were like... 250 pounds like they were enormous yeah we can get those that's a big goat yeah and he's like yeah these yeah. things he he had hiked like 20 miles a day and he's like yeah they're just like with me say goodbye like, to the christmas tree farm if we bring them down there oh <laughs> uh, it's we gotta fence them off right we do yeah you're gonna help me if you guys oh, okay. want access to these pack goats you gotta, <laughs> gotta help me build this so, fence. so we can keep but, around that pond it'll turn the pond all up i'll keep it true. real nice and clean around yeah, there true. i think the elk will do that for me but yeah i could so, but they, weren't you saying like with the goats, they, they have to like, you can't just leave them at camp. That's the problem is the guy did say that they're kind of predator magnets. And so, <laughs> oh, yeah, no thanks. So I'm that, already a predator magnet yeah, everywhere said, I go. That you kind of have to hunt with them. You got a lot of cougars. After Otherwise you. You have I'm to telling look. you, when I started hunting in Pennsylvania, I was worried about homeless people, <laughs> right? Because we didn't have bears. Like we would see a bear maybe once every other year. Yeah. Like, there was a bear ran through town. And then you saw a bear this week. Yeah. I saw a bear. I was just walking down this bear, and now I'm just like, whatever. I don't. I'll punt a bear. You know, like John's a I, John's a predator magnet too. Those cougars. I don't they, care. Are about we talking about which bears. cougars are we talking about? Yeah, because oh, yeah. he they. Fist bump. But uh, <laughs> those those There was times where I'd walk into my stand in oh, Pennsylvania. Brother. I had a couple of places where I'd have to walk like quarter mile up a creek and then jump off the creek into like my stand mm -hmm. or saddle. Sorry, I'm not a stand guy anymore. Yes. Sure. Um, but. I was. I always had this little fear, like you know, your brain does plays tricks on you. It's pitch oh, black. Sure. You're going really slow, and you're like, something's gonna kill me. I went back to hunt Pennsylvania after I'd been hunting here, and I was like, I have zero fear here anymore because <laughs> right. there's no mountain lions, <laughs> there's no bears, there's no wolves. The coyotes are scared of you. <laughs> the worst thing you're gonna see is a skunk. Like that's yeah. it. And you can wash that off. That's good. Oh, it's so funny. No, yeah. here, no wolves out there, huh? There's wolves. No wolves. There's wolves. Wolves and wolves. G-bears. There's black bears. <laughs> In one of my tree stand spots last year, I listened to a bear killing another bear less than... I couldn't see them. They were like 200 yards from my stand. And I have never been more scared to walk out in my life. Like... I got out of the stand probably 30 minutes before dark because I was like, I'm going to die. Isn't that interesting? Like, grown-ass man, been to combat. Like, oh, dude. But yeah, I'm the same way. It's animalistic. Like, it, you can't fight it. No, you like, everything is dark and you hear twigs snap. And like, and like I mean, freaking, we worked the streets for how many, you know, five plus years as cops and like mm, yeah. combat vet. Like, I worked the streets not as a cop. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> Making that bread. But like, Just kidding. I didn't but, actually. Whatever. I'm here at the beer right now. You know, I could, you, I could see it. You think you're just like Beard's some shit. Billy badass and you're walking out of the woods and a twig snaps and all of a sudden your your step ah. picks up a little bit. You're like, oh, huh. well, that's a thing. Mom is like, <laughs> off into the room. get back wherever you are. Yeah. Yeah. A predator doesn't care how badass squirrel. you think you are. No, right? no. He doesn't no, care no. what you've done in your life. No. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I can, you know, come upon a human and 
like be imp- not quite as imposing as John, but like a predator, <laughs> like a grizzly bear, cougar. You don't give a shit what I've done in my life. <laughs> no, it's it's no. going to kill me as fast as it kills Susie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was a big difference from oh, coming man. to Pennsylvania to here. It's like just situational awareness where like I hiked into this drainage by myself. First year I was here, I was like, I'm going to go scout. I got down, didn't download my Onyx maps offline, don't have a Garmin or anything. I'm just, like, exploring. I found a whitetail shed or whatever. I'm just like, this is sweet. Found a realm, taking pictures of it. And then I was like, I have no idea where I am. <laughs> and I'm all at the water. You know, like, if you get lost, just walk downhill, find a creek, and walk into a lake, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, I, I don't even know. I had zero idea where I was. So I just started climbing up out of this drainage. Missed the road because it did this like 90 by like 10 yards. Couldn't see the road. That's how thick it was. Finally get to this peak, and I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> Figure out, okay, the lake's here. So I start hiking down, and I see that the tray where I had hiked up three and a half miles back was like 10 feet from the road, and I just missed the <laughs> just road. Missed it. And I'm like, just this, is, this place is no joke. Like, this place yeah. will eat you alive. Yeah. And so. Yeah, you, you got to have your head on your shoulders out there, yeah. man. And now after this is my third season out here, I feel a lot better, like, camping-wise. Like, yeah. I've done a lot of solo camping mm-hmm. by myself in really rugged places here. And I feel so much better. Mm-hmm. And I realized it because I took somebody in hunting, and he was like, yeah, I wouldn't want to sleep here. I was like, I slept here last night. And I was like, oh, I've, I've um, matured. Like, uh, You've evolved that wisdom. I've evolved. Yeah, evolved. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I can tell, like, okay, there's a moose, moose coming up to my tent versus, like, a bear. Yeah. Because, like, my first – the night before I picked you guys up. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That moose came across that clearing and put his nose in my tent and was, like, <laughs> sniffing me. And I was, like, am I going to die from a moose stomp? <laughs> Dude, they, they curb stomp me right now? Man, them moose, man. They, they – Well, we had that – Jake and I had that moose. Oh, two, two young bull moose in the road, and they were squaring each other up. Then when they saw us, they started squaring us up. I was, like, <laughs> dude, we're about to oh, pop a moose right we now. We couldn't get them to leave. No. Like, Wow. Well, that's just it. You like they're stubborn. Like they're just like they don't spook off. They're just kind of like. Mm. So we've been at this an hour and a half now, and yeah. obviously you want to be conscious do. of your time. Um, you've been fairly successful coming out here fairly quickly. Is there any like one thing that you think the listeners should know? Like, what have you done to have achieve this high level of success? And 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 that's not necessarily meaning you've killed a lot of things since you come out here, but. You've been successful in the fact that you've seen elk, you've been an elk, you've been able to look at your maps and say, I need to go here and find these things. So is there something that you, your woodsmanship allowed you to do, or is, was there this learning thing that you did when you came out here? Was there like someone that said, hey, check this out? What, what made you successful when you came out here almost instantly? Uh, <clears throat> I think I have a, like a left field brain. Mm-hmm. And so, like, thinking outside of the box is, like, normal for me, which sometimes is hurtful because some people are like, that was so simple. And I was like, I wasn't even thinking that way. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think it's helped me to kind of not read a book or watch a TV show and be like, I need to do it that way. Because, mm-hmm. like, sit, trying to find a place to sit here and glass for elk is not a thing. Mm, right. It's, very, like, few and far between, right? And so just being creative in where I've looked for elk has been really helpful for me. Like to say this, they need food, shelter, water and elk will travel a long way to get water. Mm -hmm. So finding food, feed and, and cover Mm -hmm. was like 
where can I find those in non-obvious areas? And that's been super helpful. And, and also be willing to lose at the game. So like no stress or pressure to like go out there and shoot a 350, right? Like yeah. I'm not setting goals to shoot a 350. Like my first goal was like get it within bow range of an elk or bugle an elk in mm-hmm. or draw my bow on an elk. Like that's like set like reasonable goals sure. for yourself because these guys going out and never killed an elk and they're like, I'm going to shoot a 350 this year. And then they see a cow elk and they're depressed, right? Well, it's because you weren't like, re- and I'm not talking about you. <laughs> I do this to myself. I set my expectations for myself way, way, way too high. Yeah. And then I always feel like I always am not disappointed, but humbled. like humbled. Yeah. Very humbled. Cause like, Oh, Idaho is so humbling. Well, this is anywhere. Like even back in the Midwest, like I'd be setting up my whitetail sets and like, I have like these expectations of shooting a giant whitetail and I get humbled real quick when I realize, Oh wow, I screwed this up. Oh wow. I screwed that up. I'm not doing this right. Yeah. You know, and, it, but because it's easy to get excited when you see trail cam pictures, right? And oh, you're just yeah. like, oh, they're there. You trail know, cams are huge. the death in North Idaho. Because like <laughs> my first trail cam, I'm like, well, there's a 300 inch bull. There's a 320 inch bull. I'm like, I'm gonna go and kill one of those. Yeah. Well, but, even that spot we went into this summer, and we literally put eyes on bulls in this in this area. We were gonna hunt that in was September. The most frustrating thing ever. And I, then we I go back I, there. I set my and, expectations way too high on that. Like, yeah. I thought we all were like, we could all kill a bull in here. Like we could all, dude, we're, we're all going to we take put, out. We put eyes on nine bulls and we're like, dude, we are in their bedroom. They're yeah. not going anywhere. Well, they went somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we couldn't they, find them again. Yeah. We're going wild, man. Yeah. So I would just say reasonable goals and expectations. Like my goal is to go out and come home safely. Yeah. So oh, that's I like that. That's a good one. Like yeah. if I can yeah. go out and have a good time and make steps like reasonable steps to get closer to <laughs> that water bottle is animal. so freaking obnoxious, John. <laughs> That's what I want to do. Can you hear it? Yeah. So, oh, do you, so you've you've been. You guys I'm smacking sorry. on smog balls. So, t- <laughs> really? So before we wrap this up, um, I'm sorry. You've been <laughs> fairly successful finding elk, right? You've you've done the things you need to do, and you've set your your standards at a reasonable level. Um, the one thing we haven't heard you talk about is hunting whitetails out here. And you said you want your, your deer hunting experience to be an experience. Yeah. Do you have plans going forward to hunt? You know, are you trying to hunt trophy whitetails with your bow in Idaho? Or are you just, are you, we, we going to start uh, doing a lot of mule deer hunts, things like that? I think mm-hmm. yes and no. Cause I have some spots. I want to, I got some sweet whitetail spots here mm-hmm. already that I know like there's big whitetail in, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I would like to start figuring them out, but not be pressured to go shoot a big whitetail. Yeah, sure. And then if we, f- if I find one, I'm like, dude, there's a that's a stud. Then I want to go hunt him. Yeah, right. But meanwhile, I'm not gonna Pennsylvania since you have one buck tag. It was like find a find a mature buck yeah. and kill him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like all the bucks I've killed in Pennsylvania. Not a ton, but all the ones I've shot, it's like, okay, I saw them when they were two and a half, saw them at three and a half, saw them at four and a half, killed them at five and a half, you know, or killed them at six and a half. Well, here, I don't have the time to necessarily do that. Because there's so much. Where it's like Wednesday, we get a cold front, I'm going to leave and go hunt. 
Well, here I'd like to put the time and effort in to find because I truly do enjoy whitetails. Like gets me going, mm-hmm. and I spent so much time cutting my teeth with whitetails. I'd like to bring it over here, mm-hmm. see if I can do it. But I'm not gonna be like I have to kill a giant this year. Yeah, where like if we find a good one to hunt, mm-hmm. well, let's hunt it, or I'm gonna shoot a doe. Right. right. Yeah. 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 Oh, you I know? like that. Well, and like, because I would really like to kill an elk. Yeah. For for me, like, the uh, mule deer have have my heart. Uh, like, I am. Yes. I'm, I'm freaking hooked, man. Like, we'll see after my mule deer hunt next dude, week. You might talk to me next week, and yeah, we'll, you do, we'll might, do another one with you, man, and, and see how the hunt went there. Oh yeah, but. I'm sure Wilson will be on this mm-hmm. frequently. Oh yeah. yeah. Small yeah. Balls I just want to say, yeah, we. You know, we all love you, man. We love you and your family. We appreciate yeah. everything that you've done to help us over this season and all that. And appreciate you coming on, dude. And so, uh, thank you for reaching out to us. And yeah, then you want how- to talk 10 seconds of how we met? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. Tell. I was going to start an archery shop. And like, because I'd been doing it in my garage, fixing people's bows, no advertising. And it was just like taking up a lot of my time. And it was super fun because I love doing it. It's like still my favorite passion in the world yeah someone's like there's an archery st- shop starting and i was like oh thank goodness because <laughs> i really like my regular job and i didn't think i wanted to go down the- i wanted to start an archery shop because we needed it but yeah. i also it wasn't i didn't think it was in the cards yeah found you guys on instagram sent a message i think it was as simple as like hey i've been doing archery tech uh, bow tech stuff for years yeah um, jake's like who the f- because this Wilson dude, <laughs> I remember them trying to swoop in on us here. And I was like, I, I was like super pumped for you guys. Uh, I'd love to. I was like, love to get together and just talk about it. Because I did. I talked to a bunch of people and found out like you were from here. You were not from here. You were not from here. Yeah. And I was like, I'd love to just meet them and see if they even know what's going on, like what the word is. And then nothing. Ghosted forever. <laughs> so I get a response. <laughs> Thanks. We've been super slammed and been getting a ton of messages or something like that. Uh, thanks for reaching out. When the shop's open, we'd love to meet you. I was like, well, they're too good for me. <laughs> I, I'm going to take responsibility so then, for that. Yeah. I, I was doing a lot of the responding. Jake, I, was, I, was, I was in the middle of like yeah. trying to work at a new PD and, and trying I'm, to do this. I'm and nobody like, to you guys at that point. Like, I'm, I'm just oh, we were so swamped, just a like, farty guy with a mustache. Like. <laughs> And a lot of followers. So I am working in the outdoor industry at that point, and I'm at a outdoors show, and I look down the row, and I'm like, these punks have a booth here. <laughs> so I kind of eyed them out for a little bit, and then I was like, I'm going to go talk to him. I'm like, there's this real estate-looking guy. There's this guy that probably goes to the gym a lot, and then there's this ginger oh come on now all i can see was your red beard <laughs> i'm not gi- okay <laughs> oh, and then they had this like i've got an irish scottish red beard they had like this mid <laughs> mid 140s white tail on this post or something oh, <laughs> oh. Hey, we're gonna end the podcast <laughs> so i walk over and i was like hey i'm wilson i sent you guys a message and they were, and I think it was, yeah. you weren't there actually. When, I wasn't when, there yeah. That day, yeah. And you're like, oh, good to meet. And we talked for a little bit and then talked a little bit the next day. And then I came into the shop, I think with Braxton or something to hang out while the shop was still being built. Mm-hmm. And since then it was like, it's been super fun. Yeah. Yeah. We like you a lot, Huge man. asset to the shop, man. Seriously. <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. Like, yeah. it's, you've been super, super helpful. And uh, anytime we need to help, Wilson has been has been there for us. So we can't say thank you enough, man. 
yeah well i appreciate you guys and so many adventures to come mm-hmm. yeah, yeah lots lots yeah but thanks for coming on i know you got to uh, get back to work we could talk for the next three hours yeah it's people, halloween but, today uh, actually oh, my yeah. boss doesn't listen to podcasts so he won't listen to this <laughs> but i am not also i did tone. clock out nice <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, thanks everyone for joining us again. Um, hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, reach out to us if there's stuff you want to hear, topics you want covered. Hopefully, we're kind of hitting that, hitting that, uh, scratching that itch for you guys. So, um, if there's stuff you want to hear, let us know. Um, but yeah, we love to hear from you and uh, how these things are going and how we can make them better. So, we're just gonna keep rolling and having people on that we like to talk to and our friends, and we'll cover some topics down the road that. Uh, we think need covering, but anyways, thanks again, guys. And we'll see you on the next one.